0: Feature presentation
1: Welcome back to another episode of Couch Trip Cinema Today I'm joined, I'm Syed Islam, I'm joined by John
0: Rhodes Or, since we're doing Marvel, Captain John Rhodes
1: Oh, well since we're doing Marvel's first horror Big quotes around (laughs) that then I feel like we should go by the, the thing Kylie started What that'll appear in our next special. Yeah. The spooky Kylie. I guess I'm spooky Saeed. <laughs> uh, I got nothing with that no. one. Uh, You're going to stick with Captain John Rhodes? Uh, I guess I'm just the werewolf by night. Which is our first special for not just October, I guess, because this will come before we do a little uh, planning behind-the-scenes thing. We actually recorded our Terrifier 2 special last night and then followed it up with Werewolf by Night because it didn't premiere until today. So today is October 7th, for anyone listening, the premiere of Werewolf by Night. We wanted to strike while the iron's hot because typically John and Kylie, who will be one of our new hosts, are horror fanatics. They love horror. Kylie wasn't available tonight, but I am a huge Marvel fan. Just love every, almost every project. I, there's a few duds in there, but I love almost everything Marvel. I've got tattoos all over an entire arm for Marvel. <laughs> I love it. So the idea that they're going to do their little foray into horror was interesting.
0: I mean, it's right up my alley because... It's classic horror. You you stated that, you know, I am a horror fan, but not only that, I am a huge Marvel nerd, too, so...
1: It's, like, the best of both worlds for you. It really as, is. As far as premise. Did it work? Because I we're going to keep it spoiler-free at the start, right? Right, yeah. So, did it work? Like, um, no spoilers, clearly. Did the story pay off? Does the idea of... Uh, Marvel tackling werewolves and supernatural work? Uh,
0: for me, yes. All right. And I hesitate there because it's been kind of um, advertised everywhere as horror. And you even said it's Marvel's attempt at horror. I don't really think it's horror, or at least what most people think of. When they think of horror, um, it's uh, uh for Marvel. I can see it working in that genre, but you know, for me as an actual fan of the genre, it's it it's very childish. It, it's it, it dips its toes in, but Let, let's leave it at that.
1: I think I'll agree with that completely. I I'm not a huge horror fan. I like the occasional horror movie when it's. There's some big draw to it to me. Like I love the IT franchise. A uh, random horror movies here and there, I'll enjoy. It, it follows. I, it's one of my favorites. Just it's a very good film. Uh, it plays on my irrational fear of people following me, <laughs> so it's like genuinely terrifying to me. The but Shining.
0: We both love that.
1: Shining is great, but I almost see that as, and it's purely <laughs> because of age at this point. The Shining is almost like a classic to me. It like. Is. When I think of classics, I think of like You're Gone with the Wind and like Citizen Kane, like films that are so high on a pedestal, like they're so revered that they're classics. And with time, The Shining has definitely become a classic. But Werewolf by Night, I think, even as somebody who's not well versed in horror, I don't think this is horror. Like, I, it's. That's really a stretch. And it's purely because of. The material, in a sense. Well, I will say that
0: for Marvel, they go harder than they normally do. Um, and it, it's kind of difficult to get into that without really getting spoilerish. But But... Um, they... Uh, I, I would say it's more of a monster film. And would you agree with that?
1: I absolutely... That's where I was leading to. It's uh, definitely a monster movie, first and foremost. Yeah. And it's very clear from... The way it was done, the director, Michael Giacchino, former composer of lots of Marvel projects, and the Batman most recently, it's a love letter to old school monster movies. It's very much the the black and white, the the little cigarette burns throughout the film on the film. There's brief spots where there's just little nods to old school like shooting on film splicing with the little circles to let you know if scene's done and It's just little things all over that play into old-school, like, monster—I guess it would have been horror then, but old-school monster movies that just—it worked so well.
0: Right. Yeah, there's quite a few homages, um, and uh, I think the approach—even some of the shots, you can tell, some homework was done, and uh, it's—I will say it is competently done— And I was impressed that it was done practically, too. I mean, obviously, there's CGI, blood, and different little things. Mm -hmm. But the monsters are practical, and I really appreciate that.
1: I was on the fence about how the werewolf would look. That was a big worry for me. I think it looks fantastic. I think the practical effect of it itself is great. The the face is what scared me. I was really scared because it's easy to mess up with wolf face. I tend to prefer the more wolf-like face in itself, like the full hair, like essentially the wolf-like head. So when it's more of a wolf-man scenario, I'm more worried, but since they're leaning towards this classic monster movie, I almost prefer the wolf-man type thing instead.
0: And that's clearly what they're going for. I mean, they are hints in the face of uh, David from uh, An American Werewolf in London, like, mid-transformation, but clearly I think the big influence was uh, Werewolf of London uh, early 1930s, before even The Wolfman, Mm -hmm. one of the first werewolf films, and I think they took a lot of inspiration with, like, his face design from that, so.
1: I only have one complaint, and it was that they didn't decide to make this a movie, like a class, like like a, a normal like hour and a half, two hour movie. It didn't really feel fully flushed out. There's yeah. so much more of that world I want to exist in, like that whole hunter world. Like, right. I mean, that's in the trailer. I feel like that's okay to mention. I wanted to know more about why this exists, how it exists. Like, it kind of feels like a tease. It feels like it's really opening up the world to Blade and Black Knight from Eternals and that supernatural edge of the Marvel Universe that feels like it's just about to explode now.
0: Yeah, I mean, that could be where we're leading with the next phase. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe maybe we're going to split off and you know we'll have our space operas and then for our... More grounded, Earth. I can't even say that for our Earth-based. Maybe we'll be more monsters.
1: Marvel really seems to have like branched out into all these different edges of essentially film film genre. Yeah, like you have your space ones, you have your cosmic ones, which I I see it more like the your space ones like Guardians, your cosmic like Thor, mm-hmm. where it's like okay, yeah, space magic. So it's weird. Uh, you are on the ground like Iron Man. The Avengers does more credit. Daredevil, She-Hulk, all those moving forward. Your your pure magic, Doctor Strange. Your werewolf by night, supernatural, horrorish monster stuff. Because that in Marvel is its own world in itself. Between Blade and well, obviously werewolves and there's I think there's a mummy involved too in the Marvel comics. There's this whole monster mash type world out there the there's essentially uh a marvel version of the old school universal monster movies
0: yeah i i think they at some point had them all i know there's a frankenstein and i i'm sure marvel has at some point had a version of all the classics and uh you know I don't know what they intend to really do with that, this property. I don't know if this is just a one-off and they're done, done. Or if this is just kind of leading into another uh, Disney Plus series that's going to explore this. Or if they're just going to leave that to Blade and um, the Dark Knight. And and Dark Knight. (laughs) The Black Knight.
1: Yeah, I know what you meant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um just really what they're going to do with this is, is interesting because I think it would honestly be more interesting to follow the female protagonist from this and kind of really explore this world.
1: What was her first name? I know her last name It's Elsa. Bloodstone, Elsa Bloodstone. I'm curious if I... I'm sure that's a Marvel character. Has to be. I want to look it up. I'm going to wait till later, obviously, because this is, uh, of course, always a first impression review, so there's no research involved. I, The f- closest to research I came was I knew just from the comic series that... <sighs> That's a spoiler. I guess I'll save that.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I guess... We kind of talked around it quite a bit. Yeah, um... I don't
1: really have much left... Spoiler free to say about it. I mean,
0: yeah, complaint wise, um, like I said, my biggest complaint is it honestly just kind of leaves you feeling like it's a tease. We get a complete story, but really it's just such a snippet of this world that you're just left wanting so much more. And that leaves me feeling slightly disappointed, but that's honestly a benefit of the project because that's definitely not
1: like a, a bad thing. Right, it's a complaint. Yeah, I want more. But it's a. A selfish complaint.
0: Right. Right. It's like I just had two delicious slices of pizza and I haven't eaten all day. So obviously I want more of that pizza.
1: Right. So. Uh, I guess another complaint I have, it kind of falls into the same complaint of wanting more, is that this is, it's TV 14. It's only 55 minutes long. I, I feel like this is Marvel testing the water's. I really wish that, and I know they're owned by Disney, so it's kind of a struggle, but I think the Deadpool 3 will really be able to draw this out. I want R-rated Marvel movies. And that's a really tough sell, because Marvel as a brand is very family-friendly. So the idea of an R-rated Marvel, and this is... Probably the closest to one so far, just from the brutality of some of the killing.
0: I mean, yeah, there's definitely more blood in this than almost anything Marvel oh, I've ever seen. Maybe
1: all of them combined, honestly. There's not a lot of blood involved, but it just I want it to go further. I want it to be a darker tone, because it's got the Marvel cheery, gimmicky quips here and there. It's not... It, it's... Very much a family-friendly monster movie. It's like, yeah, right. oh, let's sit down and watch the fun Halloween movie. And it's yeah. good. Don't get this me wrong. It's clearly Love
0: it. anything you could sit down with a family and watch. It says TV-14, but I, uh, me personally, if I had a child that was seven and up, I would gladly show them I this. I think
1: that would honestly be a great way to kind of introduce them into horror. Yes, I essentially. Not Not that this is horror, but this is a good, like, It's a gateway. Here's this. Hey, I'll show you these other movies now, like a werewolf movie or a vampire movie. Like, all these classic monster movies. Yeah, sure. You're (laughs) you're Monster Squad. Uh, I just, I wish it was an R-rated hour 40, hour 45 movie.
0: Really get into the pathos of the characters and... Yeah. That could be really interesting. That That's something I could uh, sink my teeth into, if you mm-hmm. don't mind the pun. God.
1: <laughs> Only because it's Halloween, it's all right. We're doing this whole theme thing. <laughs> I would definitely recommend it. especially If you have internet and already have the Disney Plus subscription, take the 55 minutes to sit down and watch it. It's more than worth it. I think it's a good stepping point for what feels like Marvel's going to go forward with.
0: Uh no I I agree like I said it's a good tease and for this time of year it's perfect for just about anybody to toss on and enjoy and kind of you know dip your toes into this genre. All
1: right, so, so do you want to start spoiler talk? Yeah, let's let's uh let's uh really wolf out on it. Wolf out? You're just gonna like <laughs> you got like jokes prepped for all of these, huh?
0: No, not at all. Okay. I'm, I'm just. Pulling them out of my butt as we go. Gotcha. So, so yeah. this wasn't
1: quite the mansplaining joke of, of next episode. No,
0: no. Uh, all right, so uh, let's get to the uh, the Werewolf by Night spoiler section. So here comes your spoiler warning, spoiler warning, spoiler warning.
1: I thought <laughs> <laughs> it's it's jarring. It's almost like uh, like bringing everything to a halt for a second to be like, hey, check this out. Uh I thought the whole thing was fantastic. I thought the use of color only on the stone until what might be a secondary main character essentially with was Elsa Bloodstone. She
0: I mean, she's kind of a co-star, I would say. Uh, I really she, the two leads.
1: Yeah. Once she gets the stone because the whole the whole premise is there's Six hunters here, monster hunters, to fight for the special stone, which kind of leads this cult of hunters. They have to hunt a monster, which turns out to be a man thing,
0: <laughs>
1: which in itself, that was like, oh, fuck, okay, cool, that's rad. Uh, one of them is, I don't even know how he gets invited if he's not a normal hunter. Like, I think
0: he just kind of took a hunter's Place.
1: Maybe like he killed a hunter, and I don't. I mean, he seems fairly way. against killing. So yeah, but I mean, yeah, I guess. Well, his his purpose for being there was to save Man Thing, which turned out to be his friend. Either a friend or really, uh, it, he mentions him as family at one point. Right. I, mean, I don't think they're actual family. I don't see the resemblance. No, you don't see the the living tree bush thing have <laughs> resemblance to the man that turns into a wolf. But no, I don't I don't really see that, but I What was I say Oh, so the that's the premise he comes there to save him. They wolf him out by forcing his transformation with the stone. The stone has some kind of power that's not the explained bloodstone. well. Yeah, well, that's how they get their last name. Yeah. Ulysses Bloodstone hosts this game beyond the grave.
0: Yeah, to, to pretty much bequeath the Bloodstone to a hunter that is worthy of it.
1: I thought the kills in this were surprisingly dark for Marvel. Agreed. Like, seeing the TV-14, that's just like a PG-13 rating for a movie. To me, that, that doesn't mean a whole lot. I thought it was going to be more like your quick-cut... Oh, I slashed a guy, but you only saw it from behind, and it was a silhouette, and there was right. a splatter. I didn't think it was going to be, I just put this machete in this lady's head, now let me kick her over. Right, like, and, Or you making know, a dude slice his own throat by kicking his arms out from under him, because the sword was at his neck.
0: Or, or really, the thing that got me uh, was towards the beginning, where uh, Ilsa is fighting a guy behind the door, and she has an axe. I'm thinking clearly just chop the dude's arm off and shut the door and then she chops the dude's arm off. I was like, Oh shit, I didn't think we were doing that.
1: <laughs> the moment I saw that, I thought, oh, okay, we've lost hands before. That that in itself doesn't mean a whole lot. But when she did this like black widow kick flip thing on him and throws him, and there's this fountain of blood that <laughs> follows the whole spiral, that's when I I thought, Oh, okay. We're gonna fucking go for it, okay. That's <laughs> I'm on board. I am loving this.
0: I was shocked by cutting the hand off with the axe, but then she does more flippy moves, gets the hand that there's a weapon attached to it, and kills the guy. Graphically, we see an arrow through the neck, and it's just like, oh, shit, we're really dipping straight into this. Okay.
1: I was completely sold on where this... I don't even call it graphic, but the... Not gore either. The intensity of the kills is going the moment she leaves that that guy's corpse behind and she had shot him in the throat with his own little dart wrist crossbow and you see the the dart go through the throat and it's coming up out of his mouth yeah i thought oh, okay fuck it yeah let's let's fucking do this that's awesome
0: through this we're also following did we ever jack right jack was his name
1: is our main characters now. I guess we're spoiling. So the werewolf, yeah, yeah, is our main character. Yeah,
0: and you know, it, I think it's fairly obvious uh, who is the werewolf just by watching it, because even even the way they're they're talking and stuff, it they telegraph it pretty fucking hard.
1: So going into it, I you started saying you had a theory right about the time that he starts leading the pack because they pulled some special, you know, fucking domino or whatever. And he's nervous, he's scared, and I knew going into this that he would be the werewolf just because of the character he's playing. That character is the werewolf in the comics. And you were saying you had a theory that he's the werewolf, and I was like, hey, you're not wrong. Yeah. The When he goes in and you start hearing the roars, and I thought, okay, maybe they're changing it. Maybe, right. maybe he really is just the dude... Who might know the werewolf, or who is the werewolf? It is worried about that, and that's not the monster they're hunting. Come to find out, he it really is. He's not the monster they're hunting. Yeah, he's just there it, to help. It's his, his friend. friend, man thing. But he becomes the monster that's hunted by the end. Yeah. he's in the cage. He's the the monster that's supposed to kill their sacrifice because she betrayed the cult, the Elsa Bloodstone. Right.
0: Yeah, because she has turned her back on her family and their teachings, and has come back for her inheritance, and she still has to compete, and then her and Jack kind of team up initially in the Hunt of Man-Thing, and he frees Man-Thing with her assistance. and Mm -hmm. everyone turns on them, obviously, because of this, because, you know, they're hunters, and they think it's merciful just to slaughter the monsters.
1: Right. Save future death, which... I'm sure at some point it made sense, but it's. I mean, the story's told from the monster's point of view, so it's always going to be. Skewed. Yeah, it's Marvel. It's yeah. going to be, no, it's a good guy. He's just misunderstood, which is like. It's the same debate I have with my brother and my dad about Bucky and the Winter Soldier as a character, where they think, oh, he just needs to be put down. He should be dead. And it's like, but he was brainwashed. And it's like, it's hard to make an argument because. He tell that to the people whose family he killed, tell which was, was Tony. Yeah, that's the whole <laughs> premise of Civil War. Essentially, the the end fight is he still killed those people. He still did those things. It, whether he could help it or not, that's a different story. Maybe death's not the right way, but it's understandable why people would think that way. It's kind of the same idea, I think. With the werewolf, where he's very clearly a dude who seems to have a control. He says he has his systems in place, and even when he knows they're about to fucking wolf him out against his will, he makes a point to try and save her through sniffing her all around, getting a good scent on her, visualizing her, explaining to her, like, you need to maintain eye contact. Don't break eye contact. And it works. And I would. I thought that was a really cool detail.
0: I, I really like that because he's very hesitant. He clearly, you know, he, even talking to her, he expresses that the werewolf is separate from him. Hmm. And I like that as soon as he realizes that they're going to force the change on him, he is doing everything he can to save her life knowing what's about to happen. You know, trying hmm. to memorize her scent, her face. And giving her, you know, the the hints of, you know, don't break eye contact, and you know the things that he taught her before
1: with man thing, you know, mm-hmm. say the name, and I really enjoyed it because it added a layer to the fact he's not just oh, it's just a werewolf. He's a, a guy that hasn't played. It's not just. I feel like it could have been really cliche and tropey if it was just oh, I love her, so I recognize her and don't kill her. It's very much he added a practical element to that of like, oh, I've got her scent, so I know her. Mm-hmm. So the wolf, not whether he knows or not, subconsciously knows her and just out of instinct won't kill her. He, he still is skeptical, but he gets that scent and he, she maintains that eye contact, so he just kind of gets up and leaves, and just ignores her completely, which yeah. leads to the, the lends to the. They're separate entities where he doesn't know why he knows her. He just says, fuck it and fucks off into Mm -hmm. the woods.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, kind of skipping over, but the, the final battle, I I thought the werewolf slaughter was pretty cool. I mean, I would have liked it if it was a little more animalistic. I think that would have been better, but with it being Marvel, I understand the, the kicks and flips and I get it.
1: That's where I wish it would have been more R. like, I at one point, he does kind of bite into a dude, and he, I think he bites his ear off. Yeah, I I wanted it to go further, and because a lot of the kills are on just random guards, it doesn't matter. I wanted to see him like bite into a dude's neck and like rip out a chunk, and blood spraying everywhere, or like slash it because they show him slashing at these metal doors and it's leaving these deep claw marks. If he just like slashed a dude's arm off or mm-hmm. something, like I wanted. More gore, which is really funny because next week's special, Terrifier 2, its whole thing is gore, and I sat out because there's no way I could do it. <laughs> I, just, I, I Slashers I already hate. Gore, is, and this movie's whole premise is gore, I had to take a step back.
0: Well, I, I think, like I said, if it was more animalistic, I, I think it would play truer to the character because like, when he's running up the wall and then diving on a guy... It's so like it looks cool, and
1: but, that's
0: typical Marvel.
1: But he's just like kicking a dude, and he dies. It's like eh,
0: he's he's a werewolf, and it should be like a dog attack. Is, mm. is how I feel. Like you know? he should have pounced
1: him. Rather yeah, than a just lot of like pouncing, drop, claws, and teeth, and yeah.
0: I think there should have been more of that, but I, I'm not really detracting because I'm just happy Marvel dipped their toes in this, and I think they they gave it a good shot, and um, I. I will say that I know uh, a lot of times, at least with recent Marvel, it's kind of felt like uh, comedy has been kind of shoehorned in or forced in, and it felt natural. It it kind of worked with this one, I would say.
1: Uh, I'm trying to remember what you were saying right before your pause. It being Marvel, and obviously... Okay, you're saying you didn't want to detract from it because of what they still did, essentially? hmm With it being Marvel. I almost see it being Marvel as a crutch. Like... Uh, maybe not a crutch. But it, the fact that it's by Marvel is holding it back. and yeah. That feels bizarre to say as somebody who has tattooed Marvel shit on his body. Marvel's holding it back because this is a lot of fun and it could have gone farther. I want more from it. I just... I can't say it enough. I wanted more of it and from it. And it... Just the fact that it's Marvel means it won't be gory. It won't be uh, bloody. It won't be, like, visceral. It won't...
0: It won't really embrace the nature of a werewolf project.
1: It's... And I think it worked, but they leaned more into the... the man that doesn't want to be the monster and be nice and happy... Which is good. I thought that was a really cool character. I thought uh, the I thought it was. Yeah,
0: I really liked the character.
1: But it's not. They they took away from the werewolf to do it. Yes, I'll which agree there. It's fine. I. It's just that I just wanted more blood. I wanted. I, I don't want to say I, I don't want to detract from it because I, this whole point is me running in circles until I remember exactly what I was going to say. Which was they still pulled off cool kills like her. They did. seriously, her slamming the machete down into the lady's head, and I, you know, I thought it was just gonna be, like, from the side view, you barely see, but then they pan over, and the fucking thing's in her head, and she just kind of kicks what's left of her over. Or, she's holding the dude down, up almost against the sword, and then kicks his arms out, so he slices his own throat on it. And, and And the man thing kills. Holy shit, we didn't even talk about those yet. No,
0: no, no. Yeah, he bursts people into flames.
1: Like... Disintegrates them in the most painful-looking way possible, starting with the. What would you say, the Scottish? Yeah, the character,
0: yeah. I, European of some sort. Yeah, I, I imagine
1: know. like this big kilt-wearing like, uh, kilt Viking I kind of got a Viking vibe. Yeah, yeah like I, don't know. I got this uh, this old warrior type guy. Like he's more of the yeah big brute. Uh, I give me a giant axe and I'll start swinging and. Cutman. Yeah, he said he'd been
0: hunting for 30 years, so...
1: And had 57 confirmed kills? Yeah,
0: 57 confirmed kills, which they mean monsters
1: by, right. so... Uh, he's the first victim to Man-Thing, by who just jumps out of a bush, grabs him by the head, and disintegrates it. You hear him screaming the whole time, disintegrating him, and then what's left is a the, the husk and bones. It's <laughs> just nothing. It's like paper mache skin left. It's it's surprisingly brutal for Marvel. It, it's more than just uh it could have been like twig fingers through the chest and then he's dead. Mm-hmm. It's well let me burn this body apart, let me put a machete in the girl's head, let me yank a bitch back by a fucking chain. <laughs> like all of these fun, interesting kills the throwing the stepmother's body into her dead husband's coffin, making it pop, and his head goes rolling across the room.
0: Yeah, I uh, I have to say the thing that really stood out the most to me was really just the world. Like, the world that this was set in. Um, the, the sets and all of it was so fucking interesting. And um, talking about that, we have to kind of bring up the fact that there are all these monster heads on the wall. And I definitely picked out, like, a Yeti and a Bigfoot. I don't know if they have special names with Marvel. I'm sorry. but they, Did you
1: see what seemed like some kind of, I don't want to say deformed, because maybe that's how they look, but a vampire? Yeah,
0: I was going to say, uh, I totally took the one as a vampire. So. If that's the
1: kind of vampires we get in Blade, I'm fucking hyped.
0: Yeah, very I, monstrous.
1: I'm bored of the, I'm a guy who has slightly sharper canines. so, like, give me some, fight, th- and that's what I thought was cool about the werewolf and man thing, is, like, we're getting these creature designs over these uh, humanoid personified designs.
0: Yeah, uh, I, my only complaint will be as to if... I, I don't know how you would do that if that's your vampire, though, because are people just going to transform
1: into that's that? That's what or? I assumed. It's going to be like a. To use your abilities, you have to become that form. Yeah, like, I, they can hide know. in plain sight if oh, they shit. want Is to. Oh, shit. Is it going to
0: be, like, um, Morbius? I didn't see it. I didn't see it either, because it looked like trash, but I know they, like, morbed out, because it's morbin' time.
1: I. I don't think that was ever actually said in the movie. I, I, I don't again, know. I haven't seen it to confirm or deny that, so who fucking knows? But, <laughs> and I, I just I don't have any time in my life for Morbius. Never.
0: No. I was
1: saying it from that first trailer. Even before then, I was telling you, this is just the shittiest cash grab. Guarantee this movie will fail. Guarantee, if anything, it'll be a joke. A joke that Sony was like, Oh, we're loving it now and put it back in theaters so it could flop harder. Fucking loved it. I couldn't have been more like, like just eating that shit up, fucking loving it because I was so right. I hope they burn that to the ground, like <laughs> that universe.
0: It, it boggles my mind though because Venom does good numbers and it's like they they look equal quality. That's what
1: I, I hated Venom.
0: Oh, when it came out. I still hate Venom.
1: And I hate the Carnage movie even more, which blows me away, because it's I like, think
0: that was the worst film I watched that year.
1: It just, it's like, I don't know how they keep making these stupid decisions that keep making fucking money, and that was pissing me off, so I was really scared of more, was like, fuck, here's an even bigger piece of shit, and it's, it's gonna make fucking money. Yeah. And then it flopped, and I couldn't have been happier, because I was like, oh fuck, now they gotta wake up and, and smell the shit, in no. their fucking bed with them. Cool. <laughs>
0: like, no, no, that just means they're gonna make Madame Web, and...
1: And the fucking wrestler one, I don't even remember, with oh, Bad yeah. Bunny. Yeah, remember we talked about this in our first true episode? Uh, which, I think that just got its director. Final. Yeah, I
0: saw something about that and did not really care less.
1: Yeah, I thought about sending it to you, but then I thought, it doesn't fucking matter. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I think Sony is just, they're really riding Marvel's coattails pretty yeah. hard. And it worked for Venom, so it's hard to blame them at this point. Because Venom made a billion dollars, somehow. Fucking, I mean, Aquaman did too, so who fucking knows anymore. But Venom 2 made less. I think it only made 600 mil. But it also came out in COVID, so it's hard to say if it was a success or not. And they're making a third, so clearly it was good enough that they're like, we're going to keep going, or either we're going to try again. I
0: love that it had to have been a bargaining chip that Tom Hardy comes into Marvel for Marvel just to be like, yeah, we're not actually using you.
1: That's what when because Let There Be Carnage came out before Spider-Man No Way Home by like three months, two, something three months, something like that. Yeah, I in those two three months was terrified that Marvel were actually going to entertain the idea of keeping that Venom in their universe. Just the idea of I I the Tom Hardy Venom. Is just a slap in the face to any fucking Spider Man fan. It's if, if anyone's a true Spider Man fan, they will fucking hate that Venom. Because it's just <laughs> so good. How do you have Venom without Spider Man? It doesn't make sense. The whole premise of Venom being obsessed with Spider Man was Spider Man's like, this is cool. And then went, yeah, fuck this. And it's jealous. It's, yeah. That's the whole premise of why it hates him so much. And, just because he
0: rejected it. And yeah. How
1: does Eddie Brock exist without fucking Peter Parker? Eddie Brock is his fucking bully. That's the whole point. Is like he's this jackass that hates Peter Parker, either in high school or as an adult. They change it sometimes with Flash Thompson, but I, like, I just I don't understand. Like the pieces were there. They had Tom Holland's Spider Man already. They could have done it. Marvel never said no to it. They they had the rights. They could have done it, and they said, "Yeah, fuck it. We'll do our own thing." Mm-hmm. And it made a billion dollars. And I. But just angry about it. I'm still, I'm still angry. Can you tell? I'm still angry.
0: I mean, I'm not arguing with you. I honestly think Topher Grace's take is better.
1: It's true to the character. <laughs> it's, I mean, Topher Grace is the wrong actor for it. But just, it's not anything against Topher Grace because I enjoy Topher Grace in other projects. He's not Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock is like six four and like. 300 pounds of muscle like he's oh but it's head. okay
0: to recast and reframe some characters like what oh we were talking about velma before <laughs> oh okay that's, that's
1: <laughs> i honestly that's like, i'm
0: being facetious i don't give a fuck here people
1: <laughs> i'm excited for that
0: it actually looks good yeah the trailer really sold me on it
1: uh, you know, I was thinking about something today. We're going off on a Scooby-Doo tangent, but we're only at 38 minutes, and this is a 55-minute project. I was going to say
0: the movie's... The, the, I I don't even want to call it a movie. It, the project's very short. Special
1: presentation.
0: Yeah, okay, sorry.
1: <laughs> it definitely felt too short. But I noticed that all of the, the stuff that's coming out for Velma right now, there's been no Scooby-Doo picture, and it kind of seems like it's an adult animated series, right? Like, maybe there are more adults in this. Wonder, so, no wonder, talking dog? I wonder if the dog's dead. Oh, like, like, he passed shit. away after they were done. Like, I don't know. It's just a thought I have. because like I why? honestly
0: hope we finally get the take where it's just Shaggy that hears him talking. Because Shaggy's fucking high as shit.
1: That would be amazing. That would explain why he's always eating fucking dog treats. Yeah. He's so high, he
0: doesn't give a shit. Yeah. That's, that's the take I want. I want the adult Scooby-Doo movie... Where
1: James Gunn almost got it made.
0: I know. I shouldn't
1: say he got it made. He all he wrote he was a part of what was almost an adult Scooby Doo film.
0: I mean the one that did get made he did write, so That's what I mean. Like yeah. he,
1: he was he was not a director yet. It wasn't until Slither, I think, right? I wanna say. Where he was kinda like, Hey, let me or somebody in his team was like, Why well, don't you just do this? But That that movie, you can even see the remnants of what was an adult movie. Like Shaggy's fucking love interest is named Mary Jane. Yeah, I mean it
0: it wears it pretty obviously on its. Fred
1: in Daphne's body is talking about seeing himself naked and checking out her body. Like it's it's a very PG thirteen movie at the slightest.
0: Yeah, but I would love that adult take where you know you you put them you know. In this world where they're trying to solve a mystery. And you can even make it more adult where, you know, it's uh, like a, a slasher type situation. Mm-hmm. And he Shaggy's the only one who hears uh, Scooby talk because he's high. And you can really play off a lot of different things with that. But Well,
1: I mean, you make it the adult thing. You don't even have to do just pot. You give him, like, shrooms. real fucking drugs. Like, yeah, shrooms. I mean, ACP. I don't want to see
0: fucking... No, I'm not saying, Shady's like, he's shooting there. black tar heroin. Yeah, on I, I don't know. Want to see that. But, man. like,
1: like things that would make him trip, trip. Like, yeah. that, it explained why he would be so terrified, him and the dog. Because right, dogs inherently are like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, all the time. Mm-hmm. And if he's on, like, hallucinogens and this dude wearing what well, was probably a shitty costume of, like, a knight or something or a boogeyman coming at him he's seeing that as this fucking trippy thing coming to end his life. like.
0: And you could really play with that, too. I mean, you, could you could almost see... make
1: that his perspective of the world like jump back and forth between it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, you could use that to your advantage where you're getting the cartoon version where the ghost is glowing and really fucking creepy and then Fred and everyone else just sees like this a sh- shitty sheet. costume yeah. running by and they're just like, why are you so scared of this? Let's just figure this mystery out and get this guy.
1: It would, I mean, even looking back on it, it would explain why they were always so sco- Like, just, it almost feels like the pieces were always there. They were just waiting to be put in properly. And then, I, I don't know if you ever saw, there was some uh, Scooby Doo animated series, like, uh, probably mid 2010, like 2015 ish, where they went this super story driven route and had this lore where. Oh, was, Scooby was like actually some like ancient descendant of a god and and they go into this weird Egyptian shit and it's like real lore and like all the mon- monsters are real in this world and I always meant to watch it but then
0: is that the one where it's not just episodic but it's, you know, story driven yeah. throughout the entire like... series and I have seen some of that uh I haven't obviously seen the entire series but Uh, From what I remember, it's actually the best Scooby-Doo there is.
1: It's just the shame that it's hard to sell Scooby-Doo. Yeah, you say
0: that, but every generation has a version of Scooby-Doo.
1: Yeah, but it's also always the... It's almost like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where every generation has it, but it goes on for like two or three years, dies, and then comes back five years later. Yeah. So, it, it always fails, but it makes just enough money in the meantime to like, fuck it, let's do that again. But... Did you ever watch the old, and now I've never seen Blair Witch Project, but did you ever see the old Adult Swim yeah. Scooby-Doo bumper with mm-hmm. the Scooby-Doo gang in Blair Witch? Yeah. I remember I started watching that, and I was probably like twelve, thirteen at the time, watching it on YouTube, and getting to a point where I'm like, oh fuck, you know what, I can't watch this. This is too scary now. Because I'm a fucking punk bitch with horror, I'm bringing this all the way back around. I, I barely tap into horror, so... A lot of shit I have to say no to. It, I'm still, even at this age, I'm like, I I can watch most of it, but the gore is where I get unsettled.
0: Uh, you brought it up, so it, it's the Halloween season, and we're on a tangent here. Uh, the Blair Witch Project, I think, is a masterpiece. It is genius filmmaking.
1: I think for its time, it's a masterpiece. Because it, it's the... It's the, the foundation of what would become. Like, people say John Carpenter's Halloween is a masterpiece. And while I don't see it that way, I understand it. Like, I appreciate it. It is what laid the groundwork for slashers as a genre in itself. Blair Witch started this found footage story of... Or found footage genre where people realize like, oh, shit, I can actually... I can make a movie... And it doesn't have to be, you know, 24.5 frames a second with the best cameras in the world or, like, this intense action epic. Like, I can just, me and some friends can go with a decent idea in the woods and make a movie.
0: Right. Um, It's not the first, but I've always said for a long time it's a seminal piece of filmmaking because it's the one that popularized the genre right. or the subgenre of horror, and uh, just what they're able to do, and how they're able to do it so successfully. And so few films have been able to replicate that because I think the genius part is in how they made that, and it leaves the product feeling voyeuristic like you feel like you're literally watching someone's, like, home videos or something like that, where so many times you watch found footage and it doesn't feel like that. It feels half-manufactured like, and... Like
1: Paranormal Activity. Those movies more are... More so, but yes. Are, those ones lean more towards the... Like, we're doing found footage, but it's always like... Yeah, we have the camera placed in the corner of the room, so it's, like, found footage or security cam, but it's just for the fact you can, it's easier. You yeah. don't have to do as many camera tricks where... Blair which almost leaned into, I can't, a feel weird saying this because I haven't seen the film, leans into the shaky cam of it in the sense of it's supposed to feel like somebody is holding that camera. That the person with the camera is a person. Yeah. Where, and say like, I, I don't like it in Cloverfield, I don't like it in Paranormal Activity, it never feels like an actual person behind the camera.
0: It's because they're always professionals, whereas the Blair Witch Project, the three people you see on screen are the only people out there that are filming, that are doing mm-hmm. all of it. It is them.
1: Now, <laughs> you know more about this than I do, because I haven't seen it, and you love this movie.
0: I love it. I've spoken to uh, the director, Ed Sanchez, uh, three times, I want to say
1: now. and So,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm pretty steeped in it. I'm a hardcore fan.
1: You say it was just actually the three people in the woods. And they had maps, right? Like you have to hit this destination here, yeah. here. Were they ever like real shit scared? Like
0: Yeah, that's that was part of the charm of the film is there is acting, but they the filmmakers behind the actual film aided the actors in kinda of getting there because, you know, they would have uh, drop locations. Like they would have to go to a set uh, GPS location because they had a GPS box. It's mm-hmm. never shown in the film, but that's how they kind of got around.
1: Well, you still have to be safe. <laughs> right. right. You, these are still people that you don't want lost in the woods forever. Exactly.
0: And they didn't have contact with the filmmaking crew. So they would get there, and each person would have like a, a little envelope or film canister, mm-hmm. and they're directing notes would be in there for them on mm-hmm. how to kind of play things going forward until they got to the next drop location. Okay. So, you know, you play each other, the, you play the characters off from each other, mm-hmm. and then during the night, you know, those night scenes, they didn't know what the fuck was going on. They didn't really know if it was somebody out in the woods just scoring with them, if it was the filmmakers. They didn't know. Right. So they would go to a spot where they're supposed to camp, set up camp, and then the filmmakers would play music or come up and touch their tent and have stuff
1: like that going on, and they just didn't know. See, that... From what... Because I've seen parts. I shouldn't say I've never seen it. I've seen parts, not enough to say I have any idea what the fuck's going on, but from what I've seen, it always sounds like they're in genuine distress. Like, they are actually scared, and in my head, even think about the idea, like, because I'm such a fucking wuss, even if there was nothing going on, just walking through the woods at night freaks me the fuck out. I'd be out <laughs> there like, hey guys, do we want to even do this fucking movie anymore? Maybe we should just fucking, like, I, I swear I saw McDonald's over the tree line there. Like, it's just fucking, let's go get a Big Mac and call it a call it a day. <laughs> we'll hit it again in the day later. Let's, let's get out of here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think they really played into it, and uh, you can kind of really get deep into the weeds with it, that, uh, is it really ethical how they did it? Because, you know, they were leaving them food rations, and they started leaving them less and less, mm-hmm. and they were waking them up in the nights and stuff like that, so they were depriving them of sleep. They were pushing them more into this hysteria, they you can like, see that. Yeah. As the film goes on. And that's why it's so authentic. Is It's A, them filming it. Mm-hmm. It's all improvised. And they are really pushed into these states. They're not fully acting. I mean, they're obviously playing a part. But, mm-hmm. you know, you playing hysterical and you being driven to the brink of only getting two hours of sleep, being hungry, being fucking cold, and mm-hmm. then that's part of your character... A
1: lot easier to play. You talked about it being unethical. I, it's a weird line to draw where that really did. I mean, that is essentially the success of the film is how real it feels because the point of the movie is it's a scary fucking movie and that comes across. It fucking works. There are people who are I'm sure still terrified of that movie. The premise of it is alone freaking me out. Like I said, when I was 12 or 13, the parody of it by Sco- like Scooby Doo was in there freaked me out. I couldn't fucking do it. So it, it works, and it's like the art of filmmaking, but at the cost of <laughs> the, the trauma of real people, and that's why there's like your Screen Actors Guild and right. all of these the unions, because you can't do shit like that and this I mean obviously this is like some kids out with a camera. They're like college students out there with a camera they're like, yeah, hey, we're gonna go make a movie. Right. And they're not working with unions and guilds and all that. And they could do that. But that is I, I almost I'm trying to think as the director, or right, would you be okay with doing that? Say you are working with just enough star power that you have a choice of, if you want to involve the Screen Actors Guild or unions, do you do that so you have the star power, or are you, I'm asking you personally, are you willing to forsake that and go torture your actors with the chance that they just say, fuck this and quit? Because there's a fine line you got to draw, because there's still people. Right. I mean... And knowing you're putting your, your actors through this, because in a sense, you are their boss. You are... Leading them through this, do you ethically, like or not even ethically, morally, are you okay with doing this? Would you do it? Not knowing how it turns out, the success. This could be a big fucking failure or this small project that nobody really sees.
0: You know, the thing that gets me, and and you asking that question, and I say it gets me because I realize the very first thought that goes through my head is, well... What is the project? I mean, am I making Blair Witch? Because in that case, I mean, I fucking love that film. So, yes, fuck those kids. Yeah? Yeah, you're you're getting a Twix today. That's your fucking food. <laughs> and guess what? You're going to be scared. I'm going to leave you a fucking little baggie of your friend's teeth. <sighs> Not really, but,
1: <laughs> but... But, like... Okay, so now... You, you're willing to go that far into the method of it all.
0: But now... In all reality, if... If I was Ed Sanchez, and I have talked to him about it, but oddly enough, I've never thought to ask him how
1: how he felt about it. Well,
0: not like, only that, but how informed the actors were, because had it been me, that would have been part of the discussion. You were going would, to be it would out have there,
1: to be, right? Like, yeah, I could see why he wouldn't if he didn't. I don't know if he did or not. I could see why he wouldn't. But morally, I I would have to. I would.
0: Least. That would be part of the discussion on taking on the role. Is I want to push you to this, and it's it's not to torture you. It's for the betterment of the art.
1: And, and hopefully, you get somebody who understands. That yeah, it go
0: through. With it. It, we're we're going to be talking like, okay, you're going to start off with you know three thousand calories a day. Mm-hmm. And by the end of this project, we're going to have you down to a okay. thousand. Okay. So we're going to shoot for what, say four weeks. And this is what's going to happen throughout this. Like I would be very informative upfront with my actors. So they knew what they were getting into. Right. I mean, that way I would feel okay with it and they wouldn't be as confused because I think that if you confuse them, they're more likely to quit the project. If they're just out there confused, why am I so scared? Why am I so hungry all the fucking right. time? But if they're out there knowing...
1: They can still be annoyed, distressed, yeah. but have this thing in the back of their head of like just fucking deal with it and yeah. get through this.
0: I agree to this. This is all part of it. Mm-hmm. I've got, you know, a week left.
1: Like, there's still enough emotion behind it that they can sell it yeah. pretty easily. But enough rationality to not... Say, fuck this and leave.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to have, you know, panicked kids running out of the woods being like, I'm done, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. waste
1: all this time. Okay, so then, opposite end of the spectrum, you have the method of it all, and it doesn't work. And I'm specifically thinking of Jared Leto, Suicide Squad, sending his castmates to dead rats and these fucked up gifts and shit like that.
0: I mean, there's... Total opposite there. That's just douchebaggery. I mean, I get method acting and trying to get into the character.
1: Okay, that uh, doesn't mean that you have to involve everyone else. Shia LaBeouf not showering on set of Fury. I <sighs> for however fucking long it was. I don't know how long that. It, there's no, there's no good amount of time any more than two or three days. Yeah, it doesn't, like, dude. Come on, that's. I mean, even. I, personally, I can't do more than a day. I'm like, no, fuck it. Stuff um, like
0: that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, when I'm talking method acting to me, I'm saying study what your character should be. Mm-hmm. If he's a blacksmith, try it out. Get a feel for it. You know, lock yourself in a fucking room and get in the mindset of that character. I'm not saying be a fucking douchebag that refuses the shower or gets a bunch of tattoos because that's what your character has. Right. Or, no, that's fucking childish and... Mm Non-professional to me. Be a fucking professional. There's nothing wrong with locking yourself in a room and figuring out that character. And, okay, you want to be called, you know, Philip on set or whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah, okay, you're Philip. All right, well, it's time for you to get your ass to set.
1: So, okay, Mm -hmm. so you're drawing the line of...
0: Involving other people. The the
1: way I always looked at Jackass, really, (laughs) of, like, why they're different than other pranksters, is for the most part they just do stupid shit to themselves right. and each other. They don't fuck with real people, typically. I mean, they do that bad grandpa thing. Yeah. Even that is just like, hey, I'm an old man, I'm yelling at you, like, whatever. But they don't fuck with other people. So that's kind of your sentiment on this is, as long as you keep that shit to yourself and don't just be a fucking nuisance to everybody else, it's fine.
0: Right, yeah. And, like, uh, we've talked about horror before. I know a couple of the guys that have played uh, Jason specifically for the Friday the Thirteenth series wanted to be method, and they wouldn't talk to their castmates. They wouldn't eat around them. They wouldn't take the mask off around them. That works. Mm-hmm. You're not being an asshole to your cast members and like shipping them dead animals or something like right. that or bloody weapons. No. You're helping keep the mystique alive that you're not this really nice family man that just uh, enjoys a nice fucking chicken wing with his fucking whatever for lunch, you know? You're you're keeping that mystique alive and helping them portray this character with you. Uh, I get that. That makes sense.
1: Uh, You're talking about the guy playing Jason, and it had me start thinking about Bill Skarsgård playing Pennywise, where he was not, like, method at all. The closest he came to it was, like, he can do the weird lip thing, and he can do the eye thing. And it, the The kid that played... Was it? Not Georgie. The, the kid that played Bill, Jaden something, uh, he talked about, in an interview, his first scene he shot with Bill Skarsgård, as Pennywise was that basement scene where he has the Georgie puppet on his hand and comes running out, right? Him, yeah, where he did that, and then as soon as they yell "cut," Bill Scard Scar- is in there going, "Are you okay?" Hey, am I not scared? And the kids are going, "That's great! Do it again! Let's do it!" Like they're all loving it, and he's like, "I just want to make sure you're okay." I completely and, get that. That's what children, man. That's you that's know what, tricky. that I'm going. I'm gonna wrap that all the way back around right now to both the director's approach to it and The Shining,
0: where... Stanley Kubrick.
1: Of course. Stanley Kubrick. I I just kept seeing, like, you know, really pissy Peter Jackson. What's his (laughs) fucking name? What's his name? Yeah, Stanley Kubrick. Where he didn't tell the kid that played Danny. Like, he made a point to avoid letting him know it was a horror movie. Yeah. Like, of ever traumatizing him. He kept him away from all the, the horrifying sets and scenes like that kid Absolutely. has talked about how he didn't know until he was like a fucking adult that that was a horror movie that he was in he thought it was just some family drama in the mountains or whatever and i think that is the like stanley kubrick is famously or i should say infamously known as the perfectionist that can be extremely hard to work with because of how torturous yeah like it's <laughs> He is almost like the Gordon Ramsay of directing. Where he's <laughs> yeah, a perfectionist, and he'll fucking scream at you, tell him you're doing it wrong. And he'll force you do this, do this, do this, do this. You're doing it again. You're doing it again, hundreds of times. But when it comes to kids, he's like, "Here, we're gonna make sure this is comfortable. We're gonna make a safe environment." Like he's—you have to respect that he he drew the line there. The what I learned that because I always had in my head like, i "Oh, Stanley Kubrick's an asshole," but when I heard that, I'm like. Okay, but he's an asshole for a reason, which comes back to getting the best performance out of your your actors. And I mean, being infamously known, everybody knows what they're taking on when they when they do a Kubrick film. The idea that he's willing to be not even just willing, he wants to be caring, comforting, and safe with children in his movies to the extent they don't even know what fucking movie they're in is awesome. Like, that is just, yeah, like... that's how it should be. That's, that's, like, heroism in fucking filmmaking. Yeah, I
0: I mean... I think filmmakers like that, just because of how our world is today, is not going to exist. Like, we're not going to get another Stanley Kubrick with his filmmaking style. We're not going to get another, um... William Friedkin with his horrific style because he did not play it safe with children. Um or anyone.
1: You know, it almost um, feels like there's not the same, I don't want to say there's not at all because there very much is, but it's not the same art style and filmmaking there is anymore because everything is much more franchised and yeah. And you can get splashes of flavor from a director, but like, there's not a lot of directors where you're like, oh, that's their style. Like, at this point, all that's left, I would say, is Tarantino, Spielberg, uh,
0: Jerry Bruckheimer.
1: He's got a style. I thought he was just a producer. He a director? I think he's directed some. I don't know. But like, like you could watch a Tarantino movie. Like, If I put you in a theater, you had no idea a new Tarantino movie had come out or knew anything about it. In half an hour, you're going to be like, I think this is a fucking Tarantino movie.
0: Half an hour, man. You're that's, not uh, giving that's me much credit generous. there. That's
1: being generous. <laughs> to, and I don't mean just you, but I mean like an audience person right. that has any idea of a Tarantino film. They're going to uh, they're gonna think, oh, this is Tarantino, or a Spielberg movie. Right. There's just a, a style of flair he has in just right spots and time.
0: J.J. Abram.
1: Uh, to a degree. I mean, once it opens on and you see all, yeah, all the <laughs> lens
0: flares. I was going to say, Tarantino, you're going to know within the first two minutes when you get the focus on the feet. And...
1: Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, I guess I keep focusing on Spielberg for that because he brings this whimsicalness to... He really does. ...things, no matter what it is. Like, Jurassic Park, reading that, reading the premise, that should be borderline horror. But Spielberg takes the time to say, hey, don't forget, dinosaurs are fucking real now. They're alive. This is awesome. And awesome, not just like, this is cool. Like, this is something that brings you awe and wonder. Than, and he fully... The,
0: he fully brings that, onto especially the film.
1: with. I feel like that's why he was so keen to lean into CGI as like the first major film to incorporate it as a major tool, it, it, alongside you know Sam Winston's workshop bringing the T-Rex to life. It brings the whimsicalness of it. It's this fun. It almost feels like just a fun adventure movie, when really this is dinosaurs are hunting people and killing quite a few. And he makes it fun.
0: Right. And, you know, just to kind of wrap this all back together, you're saying a fun adventure film.
1: I think Werewolf by Night kind of fits into that category. I would say it's more, uh, even that, we're looking at the description of it on Disney+. Plus. It says action adventure. I think it's very, not whimsical by any means, but there is this lighthearted touch to it through, Absolutely. through Jack. Yeah, like when Jack's
0: trying to figure out this explosive and it, he yeah. just can't get it to work.
1: Or when he wakes up and Man-Thing has, like, part of his system, Man-Thing has this, uh... Fuck, what, what were they called? The old...
0: Oh, the, the um... old
1: record players.
0: Uh, wow. Stereograph or something like that. Yeah, I the big remember. fucking horn or whatever. Yeah. And he's playing
1: over the rainbow. Like, original, like, Wizard of Oz over the rainbow. And he wakes up calmly in this nice field and on the hillside and man things like cooking breakfast yeah. <laughs> and it has coffee ready for him and it's like oh, okay we're back to marvel silly adventure whimsicalness like it's this isn't just we're slicing people up and shit and it's like hey we're, we're still marvel don't forget we're having fun you know i
0: know with horror films uh studios have what they call a uh, scare beat which every so many pages there needs to be a scare okay Like, if you write a spec script and turn it into a studio and they approve it, they'll usually either have you go back through it and make sure it meets the scare beat, Mm -hmm. or they'll have a script doctor go through your script and add that. Okay. I know because I uh, talked to a couple guys that that's their profession is they're script doctors, and they... Are very annoyed that there's such a thing as scare beats and whatnot, but
1: like having to force in for
0: yeah for like Z- hey, here's
1: how we sell a movie and popcorn yeah, stuff. exactly
0: you know every you know ten minutes there needs to be a scare. Do you think Marvel has something like that with laughs or you know,
1: oh fucking absolutely? You think they they have a laugh? Beat there has where... to be like a joke per minute ratio, whether it's like .5 or something. Because yeah. I, I mean, obviously there's not constant jokes, but it's definitely a hey. We went five minutes without a quip. What's going on here?
0: Yeah, I, I think Marvel has really fine tuned their formula because it's obvious there's a formula.
1: I think it's and, become a problem lately that it's a little too formulaic. Formulated. Yeah. Like they all feel the same almost.
0: Yeah, it's just almost. too
1: much. Not even predictability, but I'm like, okay, we're. We're 30 minutes in? Okay, so we should be getting to know the last of our new characters. Okay, now let's... We're Oh, we're 80 minutes in? Well, we should probably have our first fight, <laughs> main fight, here soon. Like, it's a little too, like, scheduled anymore. Like, you hit story beats at certain points. And it's not too much of a detriment in itself, but it's it's a formula. And it's beginning to... It's almost like Phase 4 has been a lot of bare-bones movies. Like, they're all... Yeah, this is a movie. Yeah, it it feels like not only are the characters
0: kind of struggling in this weird fledgling state after everything that happened, but obviously Marvel is too with trying to figure out the future of their universe.
1: It definitely... It makes a lot of sense that Harry Styles is now part of the Marvel universe, as Star Fox, I think, right? Yes. And seeing that interview for he had for Don't Worry Darling, where he goes, you know what feels like a movie. Like you're in a movie. Mm. It's like, Oh, okay, that's Marvel. Wow, we're really really scraping the bottom of the barrel now, huh? <laughs> you're really just like, Hey, celebrity, cool. Snatch them up. I mean look at Hercules. Hercules? I'm I can't s i am excited for Brett Goldstein as Hercules. Yeah. I think he'll do a great job. You only know him as the character in Ted Lasso, right? Like that's.
0: I mean, you've shown me, and I've never yeah. watched the show. I mean,
1: like, that's his credit. You, yeah. You know he has. And that's Ted Lasso's a pretty hot commodity in the last couple of years, so it makes sense they start to rip character or actors out of there for stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I get what they're doing. I think they're, like, I don't know, like... On one hand, I understand grabbing known names, but on the other hand, when they kind of got rolling, they didn't grab, like, hot properties. Like, Robert Downey Jr. was still basically rebuilding his career.
1: Gwyneth Paltrow was, like, I think the only other thing I knew she even was in was the fucking Jack Black movie, Shallow Hal.
0: Um, you know...
1: Terrence Tower, who, I don't even know what the fuck he used to, I guess he was some kind of Oscar nominated at some point, but, I mean, a lot of people are nominated and you go, Yeah,
0: <laughs> Uh, Chris Evans, I mean, he had been the he, human torch. Essentially,
1: he was a B-movie actor. He, yeah. He didn't do really, even, even those Fantastic Four movies are like... Those kind are B-movies. They're B-movies. Yeah, They're like, these are superhero movies, ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Whereas... Obviously, Marvel started more of a, yeah. But it's a it's a movie first. Yeah, and that happens to have characters that are superheroes. Like I, Iron Man is is such a fucking good movie because it's not. I am a superhero. I'm doing superhero stuff. It's a. I'm a billionaire playboy who has to learn his lesson about being a shitty billionaire playboy. Like he has to come to terms and try to right his wrongs. Like he has an arc. It's, right.
0: It felt like there for quite a while they were grabbing up-and-comers or people really trying to establish themselves or reestablish themselves. Chris
1: Hemsworth. Yeah. I think the only big name they really had from the start, like big, big name, was Sam Jackson. Yeah. And even that was more of a, he's playing a character role. Like, it had already been clear that in the Ultimate Storyline of the comics that they had based the new Nick Fury off of Sam Jackson. Well, so then to bring in the actual Sam Jackson for it was like, a okay, that's fucking cool.
0: You know, I, I have to take a step back, because they actually did have Ed Norton as the Hulk to begin with. But I don't know how much Marvel was involved with his casting, to be completely honest. Because...
1: Did Universal that was the, publish it? Huh? Did Universal publish that? or Like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah,
0: what, that was a Marvel property, but it was in conjunction with Universal. There's a lot of
1: studio issues. And I'm yeah. Sure, I'm sure Universal said, well, if we're doing this, we're getting an actual actor. Yeah. And then, you know, it's Ed Norton being like, well, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna it's gonna be my movie, and he takes control and makes it you know, the Incredible Hulk, whatever. I actually <laughs> like it. I don't. I <laughs> like it's, it's just so boring. It's like it's like, I feel like I know Ang Lee's Hulk is bad, don't get me wrong, but visually, it's more entertaining. Like, you have these brighter sets, you have these... Even the scene where he's fighting dogs for some fucking reason, it's a cooler...
0: The mutant Hulk dog? Yeah, but it's like <laughs> a
1: cooler scene idea of, like, he's fighting off, like, monsters or whatever and this cabin in the woods. He's not just... I'm in a city smashing, and then, guess what? I'm in a city smashing again, and all the military's mad. I'm in a city smashing.
0: Yeah, I think... Oh, what am I fighting? I'm fighting another Hulk. Ah, Well, I I think, really, the push was, at that point in time, to get away from that colorfulness and everything that superhero films had been prior, and really just kind of ground it, and... I feel like it was too much, though. I don't know. I still
1: like it. It's okay. I don't have... Uh, I don't. I'm not like it's awful. I'll never watch it. It's just like, it's never something I'm purposely going to put on. But if like Savannah want to watch it, I'd be like, all right, sure.
0: Yeah. Put see, we're talking about it, and it's like mm, maybe I'll watch that when I get home.
1: If but, anything, I want to go back and watch Ang Lee's Hulk to see. How, I kind of. I guarantee it's bad. Oh yeah. But I want to know how bad because I haven't seen it in full since I was probably eight.
0: It's been a very long time for me as well, and I am curious just because I know Ang Lee. Is a good director, and I'm. It curious. seems
1: like he's pretty hit and miss, honestly. And I'm saying this off of misses like Hulk or Gemini Man, <laughs> which I never saw. But to round this out, you just saw Nosferatu the other day, yeah, a special screening event.
0: Yeah, the that being 100th classic anniversary.
1: That being classic movie monster, I wanted to ask how well Werewolf by Night. Is as a movie a monster movie like how well
0: like an homage to those yeah like
1: does it would you say Werewolf by Night could go obviously not side by side Nosferatu just because of its cult reverence but like would you put it in the same world like category would you say like oh yeah you, you like Nosferatu Wolfman Frankenstein hey, maybe give Werewolf by Night a shot
0: here's what I'll say having watched it because. I, I, I love all horror. I, I love the Universal Monsters. Um, I Actually, there is an idea floating around about a podcast that I would host solely based around 1950s B-movies. So okay, like I The do, Blob and shit like yeah, that? Yeah, okay. I do know these properties. I honestly kind of got a feel of like, 1940s early 50s watching this so if you're into the the later universal monster stuff the sequels and stuff like that that's kind of what this felt like obviously a little better because by the time you got to like dracula's son-in-law or whatever the third or fourth one was they really weren't giving much of a fucking like, the bat was getting pretty ratty and like shit. Like, the <laughs> son of
1: the neighbor of the uncle of Frankenstein. Yeah, so I monster. mean, at
0: that point, the budgets were almost non-existent, right. but...
1: It was like, how much can we squeeze out of this? Because we're on our last legs, so... Yeah. Like, whatever.
0: I mean, at, short, also at that point, view. I mean, they started off the Universal Monsters, they were for adults. And then, as they went on, it was like, oh, these are kids pictures who gives a shit about them
1: same with godzilla really it's like that started as a serious allegory for the nuclear bombs on japan and how that affected the country and then they became these goofy like oh son of godzilla it's godzuki and now godzilla can fly if he jumps and blows his thing if he can fly backwards and oh what monster is he fighting this year yeah it's it's so there's a there's a Correlation between those, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: it it felt very 19 late. Well, I would say mid 1940s to me It's kind of the vibes I was getting. Um, I maybe Wolfman, but there's there's more to Wolfman too. But I'll, also, I I mean, we're only getting a snapshot. We're we're getting literally this one night in these people, so it's it's really hard to compare to anything like that. But I would say that if you are a fan of those, uh, at least give this a shot. Um, then again, if you're a fan of this, it might be something fun to try out with the family. you know. If you have kids. into those
1: old classics? Yeah. I think it'd be worth it. I mean, this is very much like a stepping stone into that world, where it's like homage, but not to the point you're just ripping it off. It's very much like a, in the style of... Not necessarily like oh yeah they did the same shot from such and such oh they did like it's not entirely like oh that's this movie oh this is that movie it's like this no this is,
0: is this is clearly not that I I mean there are homages like, but it, it's it's light and it's you're not gonna watch it and pick out oh this is you know from Wolfman and this is from you know Frankenstein meets the Wolfman right. you're not gonna pick that shit out. But there are clear homages, there are clear inspirations throughout this entire special presentation.
1: Yeah. So out of five stars, what would you give Werewolf by Night?
0: Ugh, fuck. That's um, really we doing hard.
1: Half stars or just?
0: I, I I'm fine with half stars. Yeah, I'm kind of stuck on this one because it is so short that it's really hard to fill. To feel fulfilled from it, you know, I, I that man, that's a tough one. Just judging on what I got, Uh I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say three and a half. That's it's exactly just above, where I'm landing. Yeah, on.
1: just above average, you know. It's it's hard because it's it's enjoyable, but it is. it's detriment is that. It really needed to be R, really. Like, give me... I shouldn't say needed to be, because it's fine without it, but I... its I'm giving a very selfish review on this. <laughs> I want it to be R. I want it to be another hour long. Give me some more story. And give me the blood. Give me the gore. Give me the violence of this monster. Give it... just I need more oomph. I need Marvel to have more faith in this and be like, you know what? Fuck it. We're putting out a Halloween movie to compete with... Because October is a month of Halloween movies, essentially. Right. That's a whole market itself. So if Marvel said, you know what, we're throwing our hat in the ring, and really just backed it. Because it almost feels like somebody had that idea, and they're like, what about an hour? Who will give you a TV movie?
0: I, I mean, yeah, this really does feel like they're just testing the water. It's like, is there an audience for this? Because, yeah, that's my biggest complaint about this, too. I don't need the R. I think what they gave us violence-wise is fine, and I'm okay with it, which is weird coming from me. But I agree. It should have been, you know, another 40 minutes longer. Give us an hour 45, two-hour film. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Really flush this all out. And, you know, I could see this being, you know, four, four and a half stars. I doubt it's going to get a five. But... It's definitely going to go up just by evolving that world and bringing us more into it.
1: You know, honestly, I could see this. (laughs) Talk about weird correlations and shit. I could see the the way this ended where he's not really on the run, but he just slaughtered a whole cult of hunters. (laughs) That's going to be on someone's radar. If they did, like, a Rambo-style, he's being hunted by the hunters now. Not necessarily to the same degree, because Rambo's more of a drama, but... Him being hunted by hunters and having to survive through a night. Because it's worked before. I, I, I'll preface it by saying I would give Ready or Not four and a half, maybe five stars. That movie is so much fun to me. I love that movie. And that's kind of the same premise I'm getting here. You know,
0: um, from the trailer, that's kind of what I thought we were going to get is more of the mystery of who's the monster. And that's what I was really kind of expecting, and you saying that, that's more what I want. I want... Being
1: hunted. Like, you, well, If you're going to follow the monster, you should feel the monster's peril. Like, The idea of being hunted is tense. You're Knowing that, because it, it's easy to sell, humans are bad and evil and they ruin everything. So being in the monster's shoes, running and running, and being scared every moment that someone's going to leap out and end it. It's well, their tension right there.
0: I think you couldn't really do this with the sequel, but what I would love is if this Bloodstone cult of hunters, whatever organization, or if they're just rebels, say, go to um, a vacation resort.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, So it's an isolated area, and they lock it down. So you, you've got like 20 hunters. And you lock it down. They don't know who the werewolf is. And they're waiting for the moon to come out. And then you have this constant tension. You don't know who the werewolf is. And then you're following Jack. And then eventually he changes. And we lose that mystery aspect. You know, act one's over. And then you get into the whole him trying to avoid the hunter's Am trying not to slaughter people, you know. Right. You really play into that, and I think that could be fucking amazing.
1: It's just, there's so much that could be done if it had more time. Yeah, <laughs> it's just exactly. The same issue, it just keeps coming back to, I wish it was longer. Yeah, I absolutely. wanted it to be a movie. That's, yeah. It's not a movie, it's a TV movie at best. It, it feels like they didn't have faith in it. Like, Marvel definitely was like, meh. Here's a here's a couple mil. Figure it out. Yeah. Not like uh yeah, fucking this will do amazing, sure. And it just it's to its own detriment, and, and I feel bad because it feels like it feels like Michael Giacchino poured love into it. It's his directorial debut, and, and he did a great job. It's fantastic. I see him as a director. Now. Yeah. He's not just musical composer who tried directing. He is a director. He's proven he can do it.
0: He's definitely getting work off from this,
1: absolutely. You know what? I'm getting John Carpenter vibes, essentially, and the idea that he like composed his own little music. Oh, thing. okay. I was. Because I guess I should have rephrased that with the <laughs> the we talked earlier about how is there any composers turned directors, and not really, but John Carpenter is alongside directing, kind of famously known for the Halloween theme. So.
0: well, he. He's famously done almost all the scores to his films.
1: I almost I see a correlation between him and Michael Giacchino, who I can't keep talking about enough. The Batman's, <laughs> you know, theme, and on top of that, all of the the soundtrack and score of it all, fantastic. Like I can still hear that. Dun 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 dun. And the, the idea of calling that whole intro score. Can't Fight City Halloween is funnier and fuck to me. He does that, <laughs> all of them, all of his tracks for that movie are titled like that. They're all like puns and wordplay. So, three and a half stars. Yeah, Agreed. I agree. So, that was Werewolf by Night with an insane amount of tangents. <laughs> but it's 55 minutes late. There's not a lot to talk about. Honestly. No, there's
0: really not. I, I think the performances were good. The direction was good. There was some really nice cinematography that with homages like his transformation honestly i would have i would have loved to just watch it Mm -hmm. but i like the old school you know
1: silhouette and yeah scared character i was really kind
0: of hoping we were going to get some throwback of like uh time-lapse footage okay because that was a trick that they used in werewolf by london the wolfman it was something they liked to use a lot but god that'd be such a bitch
1: yeah I think it works better to, like, have that silhouette of him changing and Showing the fear in other characters, because that leads to the... Oh, that's
0: still very classic.
1: Well, I mean, if you show their fear, then you're showing this is an actual monster. If you just show a transformation, you're like, oh, yeah, he's a thing now. But showing these characters that are playing... uh, they're, They're actors doing an amazing job of showing us, like, oh, this is actually a really fucking scary moment. Even though he just reassured her, like, yeah, this can work. I'm sure. And sniffing her and making sure it's safe. She is scared shitless, grabbing onto those bars like she knows she's about to fucking die.
0: Well, I mean, you're watching a man turn into a man wolf.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> I think that's why it works. Because if you just watch that, you're like, eh, whatever. You're like, oh, I'm here for this. But if you're watching an actor portraying that, like watching that, yeah. then it feels more real because, like, okay, in this world, these actors are or these characters are like, oh fuck, oh,
0: well. I I think I kind of wanted it because that's a trope with werewolf cinema, Mm -hmm. but this is, you know, based off from the comic book Werewolf by Night, and you can't really show progression terribly well, and I know that's probably almost straight out of the comics, seeing Mm -hmm. his transformation through Shadow and whatnot, because it'd be so much easier to do it. Yeah, I, I'm sure you could do several panels of the, the fur growing in and stuff like, like one that. Like
1: page's worth of transformation. Well,
0: you don't even have to do that. Like, I'm thinking of Ghost Rider. I'm sorry, I've never read Werewolf by Night, but I was a big Ghost Rider fan. And I know you usually get, like, three quick panels of his face melting away to the skull.
1: And then lighting on fire.
0: Yeah. So, like, I'm sure you could do that, but that gets tiring. So yeah. you, you want to mix it up, and I'm sure. Well, I've read horror comics before too, and you do it through silhouette, and it was a beautiful shot. Mm-hmm. I really like that shot, actually.
1: I just I feel I almost feel bad giving it at three and a half because the creative team, everybody involved, did everything right. Everything yeah. was done perfect.
0: It's, it's Mar- all studio. Yeah, exactly. It's Marvel's fault. Yeah, that's the only reason it's so low. It had they had faith in this and made it you know, a special Halloween movie, Mm -hmm. I guarantee this would have been higher rated from both of us.
1: It almost feels like I'm I'm just saying, like, it's a shame.
0: Yeah, honestly, the biggest takeaway from me is this feels like a pilot. Like, if you've ever watched just a pilot that never got picked up, that's what this feels like.
1: Well, I mean, that's even more understandable, because, like, Marvel anymore feels like, the MCU feels like the Marvel show. Yeah. And every movie is a new episode. And it's like almost going back to the old 50s, 60s, 40s, where it was like, oh, I'm going to the theater this week to watch the show. Like, it was weekly shows. Oh, the theater. serials. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, it's almost like that anymore. Yeah, No, I too completely get that. It's a much longer, uh, you know, time frame. But I mean, if you're showing for a year, and then all of these Disney Plus projects, it just... It's getting overwhelming, and it is. the idea that of all the things they're doing, they wouldn't give this an hour 45 is just shameful.
0: Well, I think it's just because of the content, because they they the first one listed is horror. Yeah. So I think that's why, is they're so hesitant of tipping or dipping their toes into that world. I think that's why.
1: Well, they can't mess with that Disney name. That's. You can't fuck with the mouse.
0: Well, what do you, what do you think they're going to do with Deadpool then? Because they've already said that Deadpool's not going to be restricted.
1: Yeah, but is it going to be labeled Marvel Studios Deadpool or is it going to be, you know, 20th century Fox still? Because, I mean, and it's they just
0: didn't... 20th century now. What? They lost the Fox. It's just 20th century. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Fox doesn't exist. That's That's... been erased.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's still a studio. It's still that, and, I mean, Disney has always had Touchstone if they wanted to put out, you know, more adult R-rated projects. So, Deadpool still has its outing. I think World by Night could have done that. Because, really, other than the characters being Marvel Comics characters, there's no connection to the MCU. Which is what I mean, I loved we got the
0: be. picture of the Avengers in the very beginning.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. That was fucking weird. Almost to be like, hey. It's almost, again, Marvel being like, hey, hey. Avengers, don't worry. They, they exist in this world. Yeah. Now, okay, now let's drop that and go over to... Like, it just, it keeps Marvel's... It almost feels like Marvel's scared now.
0: Do like, you think we will get Werewolf by Night and Blade?
1: I don't... Think so? No. If anything, I was genuinely surprised Moon Knight didn't show up because Moon Knight, like I was telling you earlier, made his comics debut in Werewolf by Night. I thought for sure he'd be in it, especially with him having his series earlier this year. And in that series, I think it's in the end of the first episode. He's he fucking beats to death this like lycanthrope throat type creature in a bathroom. It just fucking slaughters it.
0: So do you think we will get more of the werewolf, though? Do you think we will... Yeah,
1: I don't think this is the end of you, it, you think all.
0: we'll see more of him? Do you think we'll see more of Man-Thing?
1: It depends on how well he's received, because they almost played him like a gimmicky character, like Groot or something, kind like of. the cutesy character. Like, oh, he's cool, so you got to stick him in everything, like your baby Yoda is your Groots.
0: I mean, I, they made a great pair.
1: Yeah, I'm I not disagreeing at all. I think just... If they're going to continue it, Man-Thing is always going to be in it now, mm-hmm. whether it's just a cameo or what, but he's going to be in it just because of his likability in this.
0: I will say this. I I honestly, for what I want out of Blade, I can't see him fitting horribly well. Um, Man-Thing
1: or the Wolfman here? I'm
0: saying their combination. Okay. Because I don't really see them breaking them up. I can't see them working... Um, Maybe Moon Knight, but why Why waste them in that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would honestly love if next year we get a series in October.
1: Maybe. I. It's just, I,
0: I, I don't know what, know what to do about, with them.
1: Blade feels like the proper next step in that world. We got Moon Knight as like, oh, let's dip our toes. And we're by night and it's like, okay, we'll put our foot in to see if the water's warm. Blade feels like it's going to be the, fuck it, I'm diving in. Finally. Yeah. So... I I have no opinions on the supernatural stuff. But
0: Blade is still from the hunter's perspective, so I think it would be really cool yeah, but to he's oppose that.
1: vampire hunter. He, does he give a shit about, like, werewolves and shit? I, I think so in the
0: comics. I don't know.
1: Yeah, me neither. I don't know much about Blade. I haven't even seen the old Blade movies.
0: I've seen the movies. I even saw some of the TV series, but I've never read the comics again, so...
1: Well, that's a three and a half from both of us out of five. That comes out to a seventy out of a hundred. <laughs> like it's fine. It's
0: yeah, not bad. It's worth it's watching.
1: I would recommend watching it if you have the chance. It's an it's less than an hour long, so if you have fifteen minutes, really, because the credits, you can knock out Werewolf by Night and be like, Yeah, okay, that's cool. I'm yeah, glad this I watched is it. this
0: is a fun thing to throw on with the family, um, and Halloween
1: uh, spirit and such.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's really no reason not to. I mean, yes. Saeed did say, and we've both said, our score is three and a half, but that's because it's so short. Yeah. It's it's nothing against it or the filmmakers. It's just, it feels too short, but it's still enjoyable. It's still a fun watch.
1: And we're a podcast that gave Bullet Train a four out of five. (laughs) Like, like, I feel like we're, we try really hard to explain why. Like, we're not just like, oh, it's not that good. And we were explaining why it's not better. Yeah. Four stars. it It was good. Like, why we bullet train was, like, we went in knowing it's going to be a dumb action movie, and it was a really fun dumb action. Yeah, so it it, it It is what it is. Yeah. Where sometimes, like, this feels like it was scared to be what it is. Like, it's Marvel it was, being scared to do a true horror. Yeah, scared to commit. Yeah. Yeah. Go all the way. It feels like everybody involved did their best to make it as good as it is. It's... Great for yeah, what it, it is. It really
0: is. It just feels like Marvel was afraid of wolfing out.
1: Okay, so we'll, we'll end on that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Uh, we now have social media. Uh, we don't really do anything on Twitter or Instagram just yet, but both of those are. Uh, tw- I think Instagram is Road Trip Cinema Podcast or just Road Trip Cinema. Twitter is. Road Trip Cinemas, because somebody already has Road Trip Cinema, apparently. Really? Well, yeah, that seemed like such a weird one. Like, if you told me Road Trip Movies or whatever cinema, I was surprised that that was oh. already taken. But our big thing is we have a new page on Facebook. We had a group. Now we have a Facebook page, Road Trip Cinema. You can, I mean, just search that and you should be able to find it. Yeah, pretty, pretty easy. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, report, flag. Delete, hide, reply—I don't whatever the buttons are available. Definitely
0: report. Are, just, definitely report. Oh
1: yeah, you got to report because we gave this a three and a half and gave Bullet <laughs> Train a four. You got it. You got to report us for that. But just do all of it. We appreciate all the listens. Uh, our next episode will be Terrifier Two, which we were actually recorded yesterday, where we introduce our new host, Kylie, Spooky Kylie. Uh. More than happy to have her. I thought she was fantastic.
0: Yeah, hopefully, I uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed this show. We'll enjoy the next one, and enjoys all of us. Okay, bye. <laughs> You've arrived at your destination.